Welcome, welcome to the Create a Dynasty Podcast. Tonight, the dynasty is born, baby. Where chasing championships never ends. This fantasy football podcast is brought to you by CreatorRank.com. Follow us on Twitter at CreatorRank. And find us on Facebook and YouTube. The road to glory begins now. As we discuss draft strategy, trade advice, and player evaluation to help you create a dynasty. Yes, it's a dynasty. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Create a Dynasty podcast. I'm your host, Lou, here with Nate and Ben. How are you guys doing today? What's up, guys? Hey, guys. How you doing? How you guys doing today? I'm sure everyone's doing fantastic. They're listening to, they're listening to us. Uh, that sounds about right. <laughs> so, guys, let me ask you. I have a question for you guys. What's here? Right now for Dynasty, it's startup season. Is there any leagues that you've started that you're excited about? Uh, me personally, uh, working with Creator Rank, we actually just started a, uh, a work league, I guess you could call it. So 14-team PPR, super flex, uh, with tight end premium. Uh, I'm very excited to dive in there and, uh, and show the rest of the, the squad uh, what, what I'm capable of. What about you, Ben? Yeah. Uh, I have to agree with Nate. The uh, new Creator Rank uh, Dynasty League that is starting up this weekend. Uh, I'm very excited for that. And uh, like Nate said, excited to show what I have in front of all my other coworkers, including you guys, and to come on the show and during the season and brag about how well my team is doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm just a little different than you guys because I'm excited about it because I think it is going to be challenging, but I'm not worried about what I can do. I know what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, right, that's, right. that's win the league. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll find out. No, but it, but it, like I said, it is exciting just because, I mean, this is the first time, and, and this is the first time for me, I don't know about you guys, but we're going to be playing with people who study this. Right. Who work on this all season long. Yep. Yeah. So Should I'm just be. excited, really, realistically, I'm just excited to see what I can do against you guys. Yeah. No, I'm interested to see how the board falls and how people draft and who employs what strategy, and we're going to see – because um, everybody's got their own team, obviously. Are we going to see, like you would see in a home league, where uh, your home team players might get boosted a little bit and the rivals you don't really like fall on the board? I'm curious if we'll see some of that, if we'll see uh, guys and gir- uh, gals just following their board pick by pick or how this is going to work. So I'm pretty excited. Yeah, same. I'm more uh, – like, I'm very, very excited for it, but I'm also excited to, like, learn because, like you said, Lou, we all research this and you know like we we breathe this type of stuff so it'd be cool to see like what uh what my projections are versus you know yours or somebody else's in our league so it'd be cool to see that and cool to learn from them no that's very true and i mean for you guys you listeners you guys will be hearing exactly what we do and then once we're done and the draft is said and done we'll probably have an episode what do you guys think having an episode of what our thought process was maybe for certain picks yeah, I love that idea. Yeah, I'm good with it. Good, good. I'm, I'm glad I was able to get something by you guys. Uh, so today we're going to be getting into some news, some bargain bin. Um, so we told you last week we did the mock drafts. Uh, we did round one last week, and then today we're going to be doing a mock with uh, round two players of rookie players. We got prospect of the week and then a Twitter analysis, right? Yep. It's going to be a good episode, folks. All right, so before we get into the news, I just want to tell everybody, or we want to let everybody know that this podcast is brought to you by creatorrank.com, our brand new fantasy football website where the fan can create your own set of customized player rankings. We have a great team putting out content every day in the form of articles, videos, podcasts, and more, which you're listening to one right now. We also offer a 20-minute one-on-one chat with our site experts, completely free for 2019. For more, follow us on Twitter at CreatorRank and check us out on Facebook and YouTube. So, 
first piece of news jimmy g limited in otas but is practicing i mean i'll kick this to my my resident san francisco 49ers fans you guys go first and i'll let you know uh, i like that you said fans <laughs> <laughs> you want to go ahead ben yeah i mean i'm gonna take it the same way we took the uh hollywood brown news um like they're just being cautious i wouldn't hit the worry button until like it's game three of the preseason and he's still limited um other than that yeah this is fine i mean it seems like for for his injury he's on track right yeah yeah and then especially for the way he plays i mean the way he should be playing is he shouldn't be making those cuts because he's more of a pocket passer right yeah, he shouldn't have to. Just yeah, just in that one play, he thought he was a running back to get that one extra yard. Yeah, and you gotta admire it, right? You admire the effort. You want to see your your quarterback and your leader doing that stuff, but at some point, you got to realize too uh, how important you are. And uh, well, you want to make that extra effort, get that extra yard. It might make sense to to play the extra ten games of the season. You know. Yeah, no, I, I understand. It's just you know, I, I was upset. I think I actually <laughs> cried a little bit when that happened. No, and it sucks because like. <laughs> You guys just paid him that big extension in the offseason uh, without him really showing anything uh, outside on a, on a greater scale than, you know, just a couple games at New England. But, I mean, he looked great in those New England games. And he looked pretty good um, in his debut uh, last – or I guess two seasons ago now with San Francisco. And I was really excited for that offense. And Yeah, just – yeah, because we beat um, – we had a game with the Vikings. It was close. Yep. We beat on. the Lions. Uh, close again. <laughs> and then we were Very competing. Rubbing. We were competing with KC. So it's yep. just, uh, yeah, yeah. No, and that's that's something John Lynch has done a nice job for those guys, uh, squaring away that offense, the defense. Uh, could use a little bit more help, I think. But I mean, that's not for lack of trying. They're throwing a bunch of capital at it, and I, I'm excited for where San Francisco's going in the NFC West. Yeah, yeah. me too. I mean, me too. Barring, I mean, barring any more injuries that the 49ers suffer. Um, yeah, they should be very good this year, unless again half their team dies to you know knee or ACL tears. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we already have an injury with Ward, but you know that. How, is how do you break is. your How do you break your collarbone in the off season? I you he's trying too hard, but <laughs> uh, that's dynasty unrelated. <laughs> Carson Wentz is practicing in full. That's awesome. Uh, so yeah. me as the as the closet Eagles fan, I'll take this one. Um, I really like Carson Wentz, and I think a lot of people do. And the big question with him is, can he put it together for a 16-game season? Uh, I know, I know, Lou, you made the joke last week about the Super Bowl quarterback has left uh, with Nick Foles going to Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. But uh, Carson Wentz was a front runner for the MVP. No, he was. Yeah, exactly. He was an MVP. Set them up both times, both seasons, to get in the playoffs and have a a shot at the Super Bowl, which is, I think, almost as important. But uh, yeah, hopefully he can stick it out because he's a young, promising player. No, definitely. And I, I like to poke and, and make fun, but if he's back and he's healthy, because last year he wasn't even at this point. So if he can get a whole full season or a whole full offseason, I should say, it's very exciting for the Eagles. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, uh, without a doubt, he's probably a top four or five quarterback in the league when he's fully healthy and playing like he does. And then they just added more weapons to his offense and added more offensive line support for him. So I'm very, very excited to see what he's going to do this year. Speaking of Ben being excited about Carson Wentz, uh, maybe that might be a little foreshadowing for this bargain bin episode here today. <laughs> yes. Yes, we will. So I want to talk about a couple of tight ends who were injured last year, Delaney Walker and Greg Olson, both healthy. Uh, Ben, I mean, what do you think about – so I thought Greg Olson was talking about going to the Monday Night Football booth to replace Jason Witten. Yeah, it was – it was he, talk. He can't replace him. So, I mean, how do you feel about about that? I mean, with, uh, with Greg Olson and all that and with Delaney Walker, like, it's awesome. They've both been longtime tight end ones. But, again, like, their age is such a concern. The injuries they had are such a concern. Um and they both have young, promising tight ends behind them who can also play very, very well in Jonu Smith and Ian Thomas. If you're a contender and if you can buy them for you know what their value is, which is pretty low, and they help you this year to win a title, by all means, go for it. 
But if you're in a rebuild or if you're in the middle, I would stay away. I agree. Uh, no, I, I agree. And Delaney Walker, I mean, he could have some, like you said, value just because Mariota loves him. Yeah. Yep. And now the thing with Greg Olson, guys, how do you feel about Christian McCaffrey? I mean, he's elite RB, but when Olson is there, Cam loves Olson. Yeah, well, and the question becomes, is Cam going to be there too? Um, but it's I, – I really like Greg Olson and what he provides for that team. Uh, Christian McCaffrey's a target beast. I mean, he's a beast running back in general. But Ian Thomas last year when Olsen was out was no schlub either. And so, you know, I'm, I'll be interested to see if it's kind of a passing of the torch this season or if they're going to let Olsen run uh, one last time here. Yeah, no, I agree with that. So the next one, Kyle Rudolph signs an extension with the Vikings. There's been a lot of startups already. People have been drafting, and they've been drafting Irv Smith because everyone thought Rudolph was going to be gone. What do you guys feel about that? So – did he sign the extension? I believe he did from what I saw from the news that he signed it. Okay. I'm looking at NFL.com and it says he offered. I'm not sure if he actually signed it or not, but it sounds like they offered him at a minimum. They offered him a five-year contract, which is still what the, and he's confirmed that from the Vikings. So it sounds like uh, they want him around. And yeah, I would kind of be worried if I was an Irv Smith owner, or Irv Smith truther thinking that, uh, I was going to have a clear path to tight end one targets in that offense. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, it's a, like you said, a five-year deal, but another thing is that it's going to reduce the cap hit, the cap hit that Rudolph has on the Vikings of $7.625 million. So that could be a double-edged sword of uh, a reducing the cap hit for them and B making that a better sales pitch to other teams to try to trade him. That's a good point, too. Uh, yeah, that, um, I didn't think about that. That is a good point. So, uh, Irv Smith is still the future for the Vikings. Uh, so, like, just don't count on him being the number one guy for this year or next year. But in year three, when tight ends usually pop off, he's going to be the starter. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I was just going to say, usually with tight ends, they don't pop off year one anyway. No. Yeah. And, I, yeah, I'm just looking right now, uh, Nate. You're right. It was okay. offered, not signed. Gotcha. Signing. Gotcha. But still, that speaks to the intent of what the Vikings want. So, uh, you know, it might be like Ben saying where, hey, let's push that cap number down so we can trade him. Or it could be – I mean, Kyle Rudolph's a great guy for the uh, the community as well. I mean, he's a great pro. So why wouldn't you want to have him mentoring Herb Smith and, and being around in the community? And he's got the rapport with Kirk Cousins already. So why not? You know, Kirk Cousins has – uh, this season and next season left on his deal. So maybe that's something they're trying to do is, hey, let's let's lock up Rudolph for this, our Super Bowl push where we got to figure out what we want to do with Kirk Cousins. Right. And I, and I like that, the mentoring, because I think a lot of people don't realize or they forget that these guys can be great mentors. I mean, you guys being college football players, you, I'm sure you guys had mentors and then you probably became mentors. It's a big thing in football. Yeah. No, it's, it's not something that just, uh, you know, <laughs> There's a lot more that goes into it than just being a good football player. Uh, a lot more understanding day-to-day work, how I'm going to be a professional, how I'm going to go about my business, what I have to do to prepare off the field. There's a lot of stuff that a young kid uh, like Irv Smith can learn from Kyle Rudolph. Yep. Um, completely agree with both of you. Let's get into our next topic. This is the Bargain Bin. Bargain Bin. All right. So in this week's Bargain Bin, we got – uh, two quarterbacks, and they are Patrick Mahomes and Carson Wentz. And Patrick Mahomes' ADP is 32 or and being drafted as QB1. And in a 12-team league, it's getting picked around the 3.08 or the third-round eighth pick. Uh, in 16 games, he passed for 5,097 yards with 50 touchdowns and 12 picks with a 66 uh, completion percentage and a 113.8 passer rating. Or pretty good. Yes, very, very, very good. Very good quarterback. And per game, he was scoring about 23.62 points a game, which is very good. But when you look at other quarterbacks who are getting getting drafted later in the – draft does that 23 points really add up to much uh because 
Carson Wentz, who's getting picked at an ADP of 74 and is at QB7 or getting picked around in the seventh round, second pick, uh, who's getting you 17.48 points a game. So is those six points really um, measure, not measurable? Can, can you make it up, right? With the 32nd pick, can I get a running back or a wide receiver that I can make up that six points? But I think you can. Yeah. Yes. And like some of the wide receivers who are being drafted around Patrick Mahomes are Kenny Galladay at 27, T.Y. Hilton at 29, Adam Thielen at 30, D.J. Moore 37, and then Robert Woods and Cooper Cup at 39 and 40. Um, all guys who can score a lot of points and finish as a wide receiver one. Uh, running backs around Pat Mahomes' ADP are Sonny Michelle at 31, Aaron Jones 33, on Johnson 34, uh, the aforementioned uh, Geist at 36, and Leonard Fournette at 38. Again, guys who can all be potential RB1s. Uh, and there's uh, two very well-known tight ends who you could potentially get at Mahomes' ADP in George Kittle and Zach Ertz at 25 and 35, respectively. Um, and just compare those to the guys who are going to be going in round seven with Carson Wentz, like uh, Tyler Boyd and Alshon Jeffrey and Nikhil Harry, Christian Kirk. Uh, I would take all the earlier wideouts without question. And then with running backs going around Carson Wentz's ADP, being Mark Ingram, Tevin Coleman, Miles Sanders. Again, I will take Sony Michelle, Aaron Geis over those guys all day, any day. So when it comes to it, there's no point in taking Pat Mahomes at the 308. Granted, he's a great quarterback, but just the price for him is way too high. Yeah, uh, I don't know how you guys go about one quarterback strategy, but the quarterback in the third round is not. Uh, it's been proven year in and year out like it's it's a bad bad idea in a one quarterback league to take quarterback that early. Um, I don't care if it's the third round. I don't care if it's the fourth, the fifth, the sixth. Like Ben saying, you can get these skill players who I don't have the the points per game that they had last year, but you know, you're talking about grabbing a, a Sony Michelle and carry on Johnson and Darius guys, DJ Moore, all these like legit, like Ben was saying, potential wide receiver ones, running back ones, you know, at least wide receiver two running back two type players over, you know, you get down into Nikhil Harry, which Nikhil Harry is a great pick, but uh, a lot of question marks down here with this little bit more inconsistent group with Tyler Lockett, Kenny and Drake, Chris Carson, give me, give me Carson Wentz all day, every day at the quarterback seven and I'll pass and I'll let somebody else weaken their other position by taking Patrick Mahomes. No. And this really shows what the vet or what his injury is doing to Wentz. Because if Wentz has that MVP season, like we talked about, like we, like he's had, he can very well be the second quarterback next year drafted the third quarterback next year. So right now he's at a discount. Yeah. Heavy discount. Yeah. So, I mean, for me in a one quarterback league, I approach it the same way. Mahomes in the third round, you may think about, but then when you look at all those other names that you talked about, Ben, it's like, how do you pass up that depth at the running back and the wide receiver position? Exactly. I mean, in a two quarterback league, maybe, but one, no, you don't, you don't go that high. Yeah. We'll get into that. And another thing is like, Everyone drafted Mahomes last year as in like the eleventh round, like nine to nine to eleventh round, and was able to build up plenty of depth up until then. And then they drafted him, and he was QB one. So you won plenty of titles, or a lot of people won plenty of titles because of that. So why fall into this trap of going up to go get him in the third when you can just redo that plan and fall back and get a guy like Carson Wentz at a massive discount in the seventh round? What else you got, Ben? All right. So, for my second one, I have Sterling Shepard versus Allen Robinson. Yeah. So, Allen Robinson is being drafted as an ADP of 51 and at wide receiver 23 or in a 12-man league around the fifth round, third pick. And throughout the 13 games that he played when he was healthy, he had 94 targets for 55 receptions, 754 yards, and four touchdowns. 
and had a total of 153.3 points, no fantasy points. And you take that into a per-game basis, he was getting around 7.2 targets, 4.2 receptions, 58 yards, and 0.3 of a touchdown, and that would equal out to about 11.8 points per game. And so we wanted to see what he would do in 16 games, so I extrapolated that all out. And he had 115 targets, 68 catches for 928 yards with five touchdowns and scoring 190, 190.8 points of fancy points. And that would put him at a wide receiver 24 finish or a top, top two wide receiver. Um, then you look at Sterling Shepard, who is an ADP of 89, wide receiver 37, and getting drafted in round eight, pick four who in his 16 games had 107 targets, 66 receptions, 872 yards, four touchdowns for 182.5 points. And on a per-game basis, he was getting 6.7 targets, uh, 41 point, or sorry, 4.1 catches, 54 yards, and 0.3 of a touchdown with 11.3 points per game. And he finished his wide receiver 30. So if you're going to take somebody three rounds, above Sterling Shepard and only get 0.5 of a point more per game, is that really worth it? Well, that's what it comes down to, right, is the projection. Uh, Allen Robinson, what, his second year in the league, 2014, 15? Don't quote me on that, but I have, what, 1,400 yards and 14 touchdowns. Like, that's the player that everybody's trying to see in this Chicago Bears offense. And I think – I don't like Mitch Trubisky. I don't think Mitch Trubisky is a good quarterback. But – um, it is a very it's supposed to be a high flying offense, right? Matt Nagy and that bringing over that Chiefs offense uh, is supposed to be something. I think that's why people are taking A-Rob so high. But on the flip side, you look at uh, Sterling Shepard. Odo Beckham Jr. is gone. They just extended Sterling Shepard and paid him like he's a wide receiver one. Uh, yep. He's got Golden Tate. I mean, they drafted Darius Slayton. They got uh, Evan Ingram, the tight end. So there are other mouths to feed there. Obviously, Saquon Barkley, a very poor offensive line, potentially a new quarterback. Um, me, personally, I feel like I'm taking the shot on A-Rob and hoping he hits. Um, but that's just kind of how I feel. How do you feel about it, Louis? Well, I mean, to me, both of these aren't really sexy picks. <laughs> yeah. um, to me, A-Rob is, is Nate, like you said, you're hoping that you get that 1,400-yard season like you had all those years ago. Um, and, but to me, Abrob, I every time I look at Abrob, I cannot help but think of Amari Cooper because it's the same thing. Everyone's hoping to get that big season that they had years ago. Right. And it never happens. So to me, I mean, at that position, when they're both basically have the same amount of points, right, Ben? It was like a point-something yep. difference? Yeah, point five. Point five difference. I mean, and who who else is going around a rub? Looking at uh, Josh Jacobs, Derek Henry, Philip Lindsay, uh, Devonta Freeman, Jarvis Landry, Tariq Cohen, OJ Howard, Mike Williams. Yeah, for for me at that spot, I would go Josh Jacobs and, and a few other ones, and I'd try to get Sterling Shepard later on. That's fair. No, and I agree. Uh, I personally, I love Allen Robinson, but just for that price that he's at. I, I could not pull the trigger on it, especially when Sterling Shepard only finished 0.5 points, you know, per game away from him as the wide receiver two, not yes. as the wide receiver one. Yes. Yeah, and that's fair. I, I, I think I, I, I fall in line with uh, thinking that Allen Robinson's 25 years old, so he's got, you know, another – he's the same age as Sterling Shepard. Sterling Shepard's a smaller-bodied wide receiver. Yep. Uh, yeah, I guess it's kind of how, you, how your team's constructed. Uh, the smaller guys tend to last a little bit longer in the NFL versus the big alphas who end up getting beat up and bodied up like Allen Robinson. But I guess I'm in the minority. I'll take Allen Robinson. Well, I mean, if he hits, though, you have a great wide receiver. He's shown he's he can do it, where Sherlene Steppard has always been the stepsister type person. Sure. Yep. Yep. No, I agree. Again, like I love both of these guys. And if Allen Robinson's ADP was around – you know, later, 100%. I'd be okay with it. But him in the fifth round as your wide receiver two, potentially. Especially with those names that you mentioned. Yeah. All right, you guys ready to mock? Let's mock, baby. You mean me win this draft? Yeah. 
Guys, you, I mean, I know your brothers and you guys are used to competing against each other, but you got a big dog now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into it. Now, um, real quick, guys, do you guys have um, who we drafted last week? Uh, yeah, I can pull that up real quick. So just to recap, we last week, Louie had the first overall pick, went Josh Jacobs. Ben, with the second pick, took Nikhil Harry. I picked out of the three slot and took Miles Sanders. Uh, 104 is Paris Campbell. 105, David Montgomery. 106, Debo Samuel. 107, Kyler Murray. 108, DK Metcalf. 109, TJ Hawkinson. 110, Nicole Hardman. 111, AJ Brown. And 112 is JJ Arcega Whiteside. And then we're just going to continue in the same order, right? Yep. So just like last week, Louie will have the first pick of this, and then Ben, and then myself. And as a reminder, we are not picking one super team. So this first pick that's on the clock in 201 has already drafted Josh Jacobs. And so that's kind of how we're rolling through this draft is Louie is team one right now. And then when he picks it 104, or 204, he'll be team four. Right, right, exactly. So with that, with the 201 pick, I'm going with a guy where everybody is comparing these two players as who could be the better tight end. Now we did give our opinion last week. We, I think we all agreed it was Hawkinson. Yep. I think we're all on the same page, but with the 201, yep. he, and this guy can be a prolific tight end and he is with the quarterback that has shown. He goes for the tight end and Flacco. And then I saw something where Flacco said that he's excited to be working with Fant. No offense. 201. Nice. Nice pick. Yeah. He's a freak. Freak athlete. Yeah. I think but he tested out almost as well as a wide receiver uh, with his speed, his agility, um, all of his movement stuff. And he's a, he's a big dude Um, should provide a nice big athletic target for Joe Flacco and eventually for the passing of the guard over to Drew Locke. I just feel like, like he can be that game changer at the tight end position and you can be getting, I mean, an Evan Ingram type player. He, he may not be on the field as much as Hawkinson like we talked about. He may be more of a specialized right. player. Um, who, But is that necessarily a bad thing to be specialized? Because you're coming on the field to do something versus I – mean, it's probably for you versus like, hey, you're going to be backside blocking or, hey, we need you to lead yeah. here. At least you know when he's out there that he has a chance to score. Right, for fantasy purposes, definitely. Correct, correct. So, Ben, you're up next with the 202. All right, so with the 202 – I'm going to go with one of the highest rising prospects and Darrell Henderson from the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Rams traded up to get him in the third round, uh, pick six, which um, speaks volumes of A, Gurley's health, and B, how bad they needed a backup running back for him. Uh, McVay said that he'll be the Alvin Kamara of their team which is, if true, and if that hits, even if it hits to them, you know, 50% of Al Kamara, that is still amazing for a running back two on a team. Um, That's a running back two in fantasy. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, he's probably the most coveted handcuff in fantasy football today because of Green Uh He is a massive home run hitter. Uh, he had... 43 carries of 15-plus yards and 11 touchdowns of 54-plus yards alone in 2018. And if you're a girly owner, you need to be going up to get him. His college stats are like back when you could play NCAA 14 uh, before they came away and you're playing on freshman, you know, like you're yeah. just <laughs> – I mean, he did a hole and he'd be out the door, man. Just Yes. Yeah. He is very, very good. No, and, so, you say, and I think you said it best. If you have Gurley, you do need to spend up to get him. Yeah, yeah. you should almost overdraft him. Because if you're a Gurley owner, you probably are picking at the back end of the first round, I would imagine, unless you he's your only piece. But you sh- if you own Todd Gurley, you're probably picking in the back half of the first round. Would not surprise me if he's going at the back of the first round to those Todd Gurley owners. Yeah. No, me either. It's a safe pick. Or very, very All right, Nate. Two or three here. Um, hold on, let me scratch out Daryl Henderson real quick. Okay. Uh, you know what? I'll take Andy Isabella, the man from the University of Massachusetts. Uh, 
the Cardinals acquired this draft pick after trading Josh Rosen. So it gave them the opportunity to go get their new quarterback, Kyler Murray, a weapon. Uh, Isabella is fast, 4-3-140. And uh, like we talked about playing NCAA 14, his stats at UMass last season, 102 catches, 1,698 yards, and 13 touchdowns. Uh, the man is five foot ten, I think. He's not a very large wide receiver, so to put up those ginormous numbers is, is pretty eye popping. Um, his college dominator it was a stupid fifty two point two percent, which is an absolutely bonkers number. He broke out at nineteen point eight years old uh, last season. He played against Georgia and played very well. Um, I don't have the exact stats in front of me, but he was over a hundred yards receiving in that game. He can play inside and out. He's got that flexibility. And uh, like I said, he was the first offensive weapon that they decided to give Kyler Murray. So I'm excited to see what Andy Isabella can do in that air raid offense. And I believe he had the most receiving yards in college, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. I believe he was a Blitnikoff finalist. Nah, dude's very, very good. I think he'll man the slot for them. And I think in years to come, he'll be a PPR machine. Yeah, I think he, he gets kind of pigeonholed sometimes into being just a slot, and I want to be super clear that he is not just a slot wide receiver. He has that ability, almost like a Brandon Cooks, to go step out and play outside and still dominate on the inside. And yet, Lou, you're right. He did uh, lead the NCAA in receiving yards last year by nearly 200 yards, 207 yards. I mean, that's a big wow. difference. Yeah, that's a big he played extremely, extremely well. And you have to when you're when you're playing at a small level like that. I think Massachusetts isn't in the MAC anymore. I think they're independent again. But yep. you have to be able to uh, dominate at that level. And that was one of the things I wanted to see was, well, he dominated college against small school stuff. Where does the NFL value him? Because I think a lot of us were high on Andy Isabella. And to see that the NFL was also high on Andy Isabella kind of pushed that back towards um, – validating what we saw no i agree and you know you guys are actually starting to teach me something for our league for our creator rank league that if i like somebody i'm just gonna have to get them yeah because andy <laughs> isabella i thought may have fallen because in these other leagues that i've been in he's been being drafted at the back of the second third round yeah which i think if you can get him there uh you're winning the draft too because like we said if you're picking at the back of those those rounds you're uh doing well already so adding a player like that Pretty good. No, I, I agree. So for me, 204, you took the guy wanted. Nice. Um, so I and so what I'm gonna have to do here is I'm gonna go have to base I'm gonna have to go based off talent. Because this guy, people liked him, and we talked about him uh last week and maybe a little bit this today, but we have news that he got hurt a little bit, but it's okay. I'm going with Hollywood Brown from Baltimore for sure. I mean, for yeah. 2017, 2018, he had over a thousand yards last year. He had 13, a thousand thirty. I'm sorry, a thousand three hundred eighteen with 10 touchdowns. He's a good wide receiver. Yeah. Jackson can develop his passing and maybe Brown helps him because he has a good wide receiver now. Sure. Yeah. That's uh Hollywood Brown, what, 23rd overall pick, first receiver off the board. First receiver off the board, yep. But definitely, like we talked about getting validated, that, that is something that opens eyes a little bit. You know, he was an electric wide receiver in college, and he does have decent bloodlines with Antonio Brown being a cousin of his. Yeah, that pedigree. Yeah, I just hope, yeah, I just hope those bloodlines don't flow the same way as Antonio Brown's attitude. Yeah, I am with you there. <laughs> Yeah, so Hollywood Brown is my pick. I mean, like I said, it's it's draft stock talent. Maybe it's not the best situation, but we're in the second round now. This is when if you can get that prolific wide receiver in the second round, like you said, with Andy Isabella, you're winning the draft. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's having Hollywood Brown in your roster. We talk about roster construction. He could be your Deshaun Jackson type pick where um, – I don't want Deshaun Jackson, but even when back in the day when Deshaun Jackson was the man, I, I did not want him as my wide receiver one. I could have him as my wide receiver two, but I would really like to have a player like that in my flex where I talked about it last week with DK Metcalf, where you can have that high end win you a week by himself, but I don't think 
due to his draft capital, due to that offense, I don't think he's going to lose you a week. Right. I agree with you guys. So, Ben, you're up next. All right. So, at the 205, I got a couple names that I could go with. But I'm going I'm to take my guy here and maybe reach a little bit. And that is Deontay Johnson from Toledo. Interesting. Is that because the whole Mac connection or what? <laughs> Maybe, just a little bit. But so tell me if you heard this story before. A small school Mac receiver drafted to potentially be the wide receiver number two by the Pittsburgh Steelers. I have heard that before, actually. Yeah, yeah. Sounds a lot like Antonio Brown. A little bit. Now, he won't he might not be Antonio Brown, but when the Steelers draft a wideout, you have to take notice. It's kind of like when the Saints take a skill position player or when the Rams take a skill position player. Your ears kind of perk up and you're like, okay, this guy must be good. Sure, especially a third-round pick good, right? That's what they spent on him, you said? Yeah. So I'm okay with that. And then being in Toledo, you know, you need to dominate, you know, the Mac in order to be drafted and do well. But – when he did play against his one big school, and that was Miami, or the U, uh, and he played them back in 17 and in 18. And in 2017, he had eight catches for 66 yards and two touchdowns as a sophomore. And then 18 as a junior, he had six catches for 119 yards and two touchdowns against them. That's decent production. Uh, so, yeah, that is good. I'm very, very happy with that. And then uh, news broke out, uh, I think yesterday or a few days ago, uh, of this recording that he was starting with the ones during OTAs in Pittsburgh. And there was talks of Juju possibly being like a Keenan Allen and being in the slot as the wide receiver one. Hmm. Interesting. So, so if you can be out there on the outside, I'm happy with it. Yeah. I think the only hesitation, right, is uh, they did this last year too with James Washington in the second round. Yeah, so. I was just going to bring him up. Good yep. point. So that's yep. – I mean, he's, he was drafted last year, correct me if I'm wrong, towards that late first, early second round, kind of like we're talking about here with Deontay Johnson at 205. Um, granted, he was taking a round earlier, so a little bit more draft capital invested, but why are they taking a wide receiver in round three? They just did it last year. So does that mean they got issues with James Washington? I, you know, I, I don't know. Or they just feel they need more depth because of Antonio Brown leaving. Sure. Yeah, that's possible too. Because, I mean, they went out and signed Moncrief. Uh, so you, before the draft, you were looking at Juju, Dante Moncrief, and James Washington. Now you throw Deontay Johnson in there. Uh, yeah, it should be interesting. No, it's, it's a very respectable pick right there. Just I mean, because he, like you said, you he went to Pittsburgh. You have to take note of it. They have they work wonders with wide receivers. Yeah, it's a solid pick. Yeah. I don't think you, you know, especially in the middle of the second round. So what? Two of six now. Me again. Yeah, you're yep, up. But you're back up. All right, since we're all going to kind of reach a little bit here, it sounds like I am going to uh, take my guy, and I've been on him since the way back, since the fall, Kelvin Harmon. And I know he was a sixth-round draft pick. I know the draft capital wasn't there. But he has that prototypical alpha-sized wide receiver. You know, we're talking about the X wide receiver, Six foot three, two hundred fifteen pounds. He did not dominate the combine, but he ran up four six zero forty, which at that size is, is more than adequate. Um, he creates with route running, which I think is something that is hard to teach at the NFL level. And so, if you have it going to the NFL level, you can tweak it and modify it a little bit more instead of having to learn how to get off a jam, how to get off a press, how to run a route. Um, so, I think that's something that he can. Uh, bring immediately to the NFL and you look at his landing spot with Washington and the Redskins, their wide receiver room is not exactly full of talent. You got, uh, they drafted Terry McLaurin in the third round. They have Josh Dotson who they declined the fifth year option on. So I think there's an opportunity for him to see targets and potentially use his frame and his body to see some and I'm not, I'm not talking about him being a PPR monster, but he could see some touchdowns. He could see some yards. He could be a chain mover for that offense. I agree. That's a respectable pick. And, I mean, knowing how much me and you talk, Nate, I know how much you love Calvin Harmon and how much it hurts you to see him fall and how much I laughed when he fell because of how much you loved him. <laughs> I mean, 
there's a league where I ended up trading a couple picks around and I ended up finishing second in the league, but I had acquired the one Oh three and before the combine, I remember talking to Ben and I'm like, dude, I don't know if Kelvin Harmon's going to make it to one Oh three. That's the guy I want is Kelvin Harmon at one Oh three. And so I've been on him and I actually, I ended up trading back to one Oh seven because I thought he would fall to one Oh seven after the combine. And then after the draft, he fell again. Like he just kept tumbling down the board. So I moved back to two Oh four and Kelvin Harmon was still on the board, so I moved back again to 207. And so each time I'm a buyer of picks, but my guy, this whole class, if, I, if I'm going to stick a flag in on one guy, it's Kelvin Harmon. And so I'm okay taking him at 207. Uh, in my home league, I'll get him 206 here. I'll take all that extra capital as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's a bold Not pick. Yeah, I'll take it. Uh, hang my hat on it. We'll, we'll, yeah, I'll, but like, like we said, if you have your guy, go for it. Yeah, yeah, and – could be nothing, and, and history points to him being nothing uh, with receivers drafted that late. But I'll take a shot and uh, hope I'm right. So real quick, I want to take a break here. I want to talk a moment uh, to tell you listeners about a fully customizable podcast service offered right on creatorrank.com, brought to you by guys at CPMC. This service offers a fully customizable podcast for your fantasy football league. They will evaluate rosters, give power rankings, do mock drafts, give out draft grades, suggest trades, preview playoffs, and anything else your league needs. Find them on Twitter at CPMC Podcast and creatorrank.com forward slash product forward slash CPMC. So I just picked 206. Louis, you're back up at 207. All right. So I'm going to go with his teammate, Terry McLaren. That's a good pick. Drafted in the third round. I mean, this dude's fast. Last year, he had 20 yards per, re- per reception, 11 touchdowns. And when I say fast, 4.35. Yeah, right up there with Metcalf and uh, Nicole Hartman. Yeah, and guess yeah, who he's it. playing with again? <laughs> he's playing with Haskins. Now, I do like your pick. I think they can both work out. Like, it's this, this is just pure draft stock. And with that, I mean, besides... Calvin Harmon, who else is there? Are they going to trust in Doxson again? Uh, I think they showed that they don't trust Doxson by turning down his fifth-year option. Yeah, you have Paul yeah. Richardson. Yeah, and he's a very niche player. He's just a blow the top off. Yeah, so, I mean, they drafted these rookies. Calvin Harmon, with his body size, can very well be the guy. But, I mean, with the draft stock, they're looking at Terry McLaren – to maybe take over or work together, or maybe he's just there because they want it. They want Haskins to feel comfortable. Yeah, I'm with you, Ter- uh, Lou. I think Terry McLaurin is. I'm actually trying to get both of these guys in as many drafts as I can. And sometimes, like you have to take McLaurin in the mid second, and then if I can get Kelvin Harmon in the mid third, I'm very happy. I like you said, I would have got my guy with Kelvin Harmon two six, but I don't see a reason why Kelvin Harmon and Terry McLaurin both couldn't thrive. Uh, with Dwayne Haskins and that offense. No, not at all. I mean, you Kelvin Harmon can be a slot, a big slot or the touchdown guy. Sure. Terry McLaurin can be that outside. Yeah, and McLaurin's super versatile as well. He's he's a, he's a damn good route runner as well. So I think there's a lot of potential with Terry McLaurin. Yeah, yeah McLaurin's one of the best route runners in his class. So, yeah, I'm excited to see how he'll do and just the chemistry he already has with, the potential number one quarterback in Washington. I mean, soon to be number one at least, right? If, <laughs> yeah, uh, you would assume so, yes. All right, so we went back-to-back Washington Redskins at 206, 207. Ben, who you got at 208? Um, at 208, like Louis said, we're in the second round. We're kind of, you know, take your guys. You're throwing darts, a little, like educated darts. I'm going to continue the trend of Washington Redskins. Nice. And I'm going to Dwayne Haskins. Nice, yeah. Nice pick. So, as I said, like, it's a huge value pick here. Um, And as I said earlier in this podcast, they have a great offensive line if they can stay healthy. And having a rookie quarterback behind there with a solid running game with AP, Geis, and to really relax him and just do some play-action passes for short yards, and once he gets relaxed, to really open up the playbook, um, I'm very happy where Dwayne Haskins landed. Uh, just out of OTAs and all that, you know, it 
it's probably hundred percent coach speak, but I'm going to take it as, uh, as I take it. And that's, he's now after day one of the rookie OTAs, they automatically put him into the QB battle for QB one of the team. So I'm very excited for his future and very happy. I got him here at the 208. Yeah. That's, it's a solid pick, man. Uh, and I don't think any of us are actually Washington Redskins fans. So three in a row is kind of odd, but uh, it's not even closet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm, a, I'm a closet Eagles fan. I can't be a, a Redskins fan. Um, uh, but, man, take a Dwayne Haskins there is, is good value. Cause like, like we talked about, if you're picking at the 208, you've probably got a decent team. You get Dwayne Haskins, you know, you might be in that situation where you have like a Drew Brees or a Ben Roethlisberger or somebody who's been solid for you for a couple of years and is getting near the end of his time. Getting Dwayne Haskins here at 208 can fix that, uh, that aging quarterback problem you have. Yep. Yeah, and he could start the season as the quarterback. And I'm looking at the schedule right now. It may not be smart to try it because he's playing the Eagles in game one, Cowboys, and then the Bears. I would start him with the Giants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah especially with that chip on his shoulder he has now yeah well yeah because he i guess the rumors i've heard were that he was locked and loaded he was he wanted to be a new york giant and when they selected daniel jones at six instead of him he kind of took that as, as a smack in the face you know yeah did you see his, uh, did you see his facial expression oh yeah uh, i wasn't watching the, I, I was working but Oh man, he was <laughs> Yeah, I could I could see him. I mean, you you want to be that top pick, right? And then for you to you feel like you're disrespected, and I I love to have guys on my team that feel like disrespected because uh, he has motivation. It seems like so. Like even when he was drafted by the Redskins, he still had this like I'm a I'm a kill everyone like look on his face, and he he even said it. And he's like, yeah, they made a mistake not taking me. Yeah, and that's so, fine. He's 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 from Maryland originally, so he gets to go back to Washington and play in front of family and friends. So I think ultimately it might be a blessing for him to go back and get to experience that and share that with his family and, and close friends. Yeah. So am I right, up? So, uh, nah, 209, Nate is up. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. All right, good. I, I'm glad I didn't say nothing. Oh, good, yeah. So <laughs> just taking your guy. Uh, 209. Okay, let me look. I'll take – give me Hakeem Butler here at 209. I'll take uh, a big wide receiver, six foot five wide receiver. Uh, he ended up slipping a little bit in the draft. He was the first pick in the fourth round. Another tool for Kyler Murray to play with. Uh, he's a big dude at 6'5 in the 220s, and he ended up running a 4'48 at the combine. And so he put to sleep a lot of the – oh, he's a big bulk possession wide receiver. I mean, he ran a 4'440, which is, is moving at that size. Uh, last season, he posted 60 catches, uh, 1,318 yards, and nine touchdowns. Um, he honestly, I don't know if you guys remember this, prior to the draft and him falling down the board, there was rumors uh, and talk amongst the draft community that he should be in consideration for the PPR Dynasty 101, um, right up there with Nikhil Harry and Josh Yeah, Shaker. he was in there. Yeah, and I mean, slipped and slipped and slipped, and we just had this conversation with Kelvin Harmon and Terry McLaurin. Uh, where Harmon drafted in the sixth round, McLaurin drafted in the, the third round. Well, the Cardinals took Isabella in the second round. So what does that say about like they could have if they were looking at wide receiver, why didn't they take Hakeem Butler in the second round? So um, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. He had a later than normal breakout age, which is not good in college. And uh, he he really only had one good year of, of production at Iowa State. So that kind of concerns me a little bit. I'm happy to get him here at the 209 because he could be that guy where he's a high floor player in that offense for Arizona. Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about a definition of an X receiver or an alpha receiver, like just look up Hakeem Butler. Uh, dude's 6'5", 220-plus. Like, big, big dude. He's going to – he'll be a nice option, nice big option for Tyler Murray. Uh, 210. Louie, back up. So I'm gonna do kind of what um, Ben did with the two with the 202. I'm going for a backup running back with Rykel Armstead. Nice for the Jaguars. Yeah. Now I'm bringing him up because of the fact that, like Daryl Henderson, people are afraid of Gurley. I don't think people are because Gurley is who he is. Fournette 
is known to be injured. When has he finished a season? He, I don't think he has. And he hasn't. Yeah, he hasn't. Not even in college. He's always been injured. So, I mean, not that you like to predict injury, but it's kind of hard not to look at Fournette and say, okay, I know I'm going to get Fournette in the draft. I need backup for when he goes down. You can't help but to feel that. Yeah. No, it's a run first offense, right? So uh, Yeldon last year was serviceable. Um, yeah, exactly. And then Reichel Armstead, I mean, they didn't spend a lot of draft stock into him, but for me, when I see him run, he has the burst. He probably needs to, to slow to get some patience a little bit, but I mean, he has a burst. He's aggressive. He can actually catch the ball. And he's fast. Second fastest at the combine with a 4.45 speed. Amongst running backs, yeah, that's – dude can boogie. So if anybody's going to have the opportunity to take that backfield if Fournette goes down – now, mind you, Fournette is still the guy. This is only if he goes down. But we're in the second pick, back of the second round, I should say. Um, I'm comfortable with Rykel Armstead right here. Yeah, and like you said, man, I think – you got to go get these handcuffs because if you if you're picking at the end of the second round, you probably did well. And if you can steal a a running back one potentially, uh, I mean, when Fournette's playing, he's putting up good numbers. So if you can get that type of production out of Rykel Armstead and get a couple weeks of a running back one, like you're you could potentially jump yourself up in the playoff ranking if you get a bye week in the playoffs, something like that, where Rykel Armstead could pay dividends later down the road. Yep, exactly. Yeah, I like to pick it smart. I always go for those, you know, a higher prestige handcuffs. And again, like you don't want to, you don't wish injury on anyone, but if it happens and it's been well documented that it can happen, get them. And again, like Nate said, you have the RB1 of that team that runs very, very well. Yeah. Yeah. So what are we getting here now? 211. 211. Ben? Yeah, I'm up. Back here at the end of the second round. Um, I think with the recent news that we covered in today's podcast would kind of bump him down to this spot, maybe even later. Uh, but I'm going to go with Irv Smith Jr. from Minnesota. I like that pick. Same. I like it a lot. Only because, again, Kirk Cousins likes to use his tight ends. As much as he likes throwing the ball to Stefan Diggs and Adam Thalen in – uh, 2016, when he was still playing for the Redskins, where Jordan Reed only played in 12 games, Jordan Reed had 148 targets. And then in 2017, uh, Jordan Reed, and I believe it was Vernon Davis at the time, were the tight ends in Washington, and they combined for 104 targets. And Jordan Reed only played in, you know, six of those games. And then in 2018, it dips a little bit with Kyle Rudolph because, you know, they got Adam Thalen and Stefan Diggs. But, uh, yeah, in 2018, he had 95 targets. Rudolph did. So uh, they're constantly seeing near the 100 mark in targets. And with the new contract that Kyle Rudolph got, like, it doesn't really scare me. Irv Smith is still the future. Tight end one in Minnesota. And with what Cousin likes, and if they do bring Cousins back, if he bounces back this year, if not, this might blow up in my face. But I like this pick, and I like Irv Smith's future going ahead. I mean, at the back of the second round, man, that's that's a that's great value. If you can potentially get a top 12 tight end, you know, we talk about waiting that time period for tight ends to produce. You know it's yeah. going to take a little bit. You probably have a little bit of time. And you could get a top 12 tight end at the back of the second round, I think you're winning. Yeah, and this, this is a good pick here. I mean, with – Dynasties, people have taxi squads where you place your rookie on there. This is that guy you put in there because you're not drafting him to really play this season. And at the two at the two eleven, if you can get a future tight end one, that's good in the two the second round with the eleventh pick. I agree. Yeah. All right, Nate. Last pick. All right, let's wrap this thing up. Uh, two twelve. I'm gonna take Devin Singletary, uh, Buffalo Bills. He was an absolute freak show in college as far as production. He uh, ran for, what is, I'm looking at this right, 40, almost 4,300 yards in three seasons at Florida Atlantic. He scored 66 touchdowns in three years. Uh, he had a very poor combine. Uh, measured in at five foot seven, 203 pounds, ran a 4.66, which is not what you want to see um, for a smaller running back like that. 
but the Bills actually spent the, the 11th pick in the third round on him, which is kind of eye-opening uh, in a sense because their backfield already consisted of LaShawn McCoy. They signed Frank Gore. They signed TJ Yeldon. So for me, I'm trying to understand why they would spend a third-round pick on another running back if it if they were just going to have him sit there. That, te- that team has a lot of needs, and for them to spend that capital on a running back tells me that they're going to try to get him the football. Yeah, for him it's just where he went. Yeah, because, I mean, honestly, could LaShawn McCoy could be off the team this time next year or, you know, even before the season starts. Uh, Frank Gore, I know I don't ever want to doubt Frank Gore and his ability to keep playing football, but he could be done as well uh, very shortly. And then uh, TJ Yeldon, I don't, I don't know why he sat in free agency for so long. So there's obviously something that teams don't like about his game and what he brings. So, Yeah, no, I mean, I like the pick because the Bills have two AARP members on their team and Gore and McCoy. and like they could use Singletary and TJ Yeldon as their one-two punch going forward. But, I mean, I like it. I agree with you, man. I think there's a lot of a lot of potential for Singletary to see some targets, uh, some attempts, and all that stuff to be a, a decent part of that offense. Yes. All right, guys, that sums everything up. You guys have anybody uh, maybe in the third or fourth round you guys are looking at um, just for people to watch out for? Uh, ben, go ahead, man. All right. So on our last podcast about uh, Ryan Griffin being uh, kicked off the team, that makes Cahill Waring a very, very popular third-round pick for me, uh, along with Josh Oliver, who is a tight end from Jacksonville, only because he's the tight end one there, and Nick Foles loves using tight ends, and it's another pass catcher for him. And another one for the future is Justice Hill, running back from Baltimore. Uh, him being in the one-two punch with Mark Ingram, and with Mark Ingram being, you know, thirty on the wrong side of thirty now, uh, it, it could be his backfield to run for years to come. Uh, yeah, all, all good picks, man. I think some names I'm looking out for a little bit later um, are Divino Zigbo. He's a UDFA for the New Orleans Saints. I think he's somebody that's going to be cheaper than Latavius Murray and could fill that Mark Ingram role potentially for New Orleans. James Williams, uh, picked up by the Kansas City Chiefs. He had 83 catches in his senior season, so he is definitely a PPR back to look out for in the Kansas City offense. I want every piece I can get of that. He's going very late in drafts. And additionally, Daniel Jones is a name that's slipping down boards. He was number six pick in the draft. He's got a potential to be uh, the quarterback one at some point this season before the New York Giants, and he's going to have a little bit longer of a leash with that high draft capital. Lou, who you got? You know, those are all good picks. I I just want to bring up one. I'm going to say everybody, especially, again, backup mixing owners, look out for Travion Williams. I mean, right now he is in the in the depth charts behind um, Mixon, like I said, and he's behind um, – wow, why can't I think of the running back right now? Gio Bernard. Gio Bernard, there you go. And then a lot of people have been talking about Anderson. But, I mean, in college, all-purpose yards for last year, he had 2,038 – when Mixon came out of college, all-purpose yards were 1,812. Not saying he's better than Mixon, but he does have the ability to outproduce Geo, and if Mixon goes down, he can be the guy there. Right. Definitely got potential. Yeah. No, I like all those. And now, the prospect of the week. Of the week. Prospect of the week. Uh, hey, so for this week, we're going to look at uh, wide receiver Jerry Judy out of the University of Alabama. He's a junior. Uh, across his two seasons playing for Alabama, he's played in 23 games. He's got 82 catches for 1,579 yards and 16 touchdowns. He did not play or produce very much as a freshman for Alabama, only uh, having 14 catches across eight games. It really burst onto the scene last year. Um, and 14 of his 16 touchdowns uh, came last season. He has a lot of freaky, freaky potential uh, to make house calls. He's a lot like Odell Beckham Jr. on that slant route when it comes to it. He runs phenomenal routes. He goes up and catches the football. Jerry Judy should be in consideration for the 101 in the 2020 uh, rookie draft class. Yeah, Jerry Judy is an absolute stud monster. And, you know, whatever team he lands on, he will be in – you know, a year or two, he will be the number one guy on that team. Yeah, and we talk about, like last week, last week we talked about DeAndre Swift and teams needing a running back. I think it's a little different for, for wide receivers. Or Jerry Judy can step in and just help any offense. So any team that needs, has any sort of need at wide receiver, 
could be a luxury pick for some teams, but Jerry Judy could really elevate an entire offense by itself. Telling you guys, you guys are, are messing up. You guys are going to make me dangerous with all these future prospect picks. <laughs> That's why we're telling you guys, you got to go and collect these 2021. A lot of people try to tell you it's it's overhyped. I'm, t- I'm here to tell you there's at least 10 guys in a, just a one quarterback league that I'd be happy with in the first round. And you start throwing in super flex. And there's four quarterbacks I think I'm pretty happy with in the first round. So just uh, – Try to stock up on those 2020 picks and, and put yourself in a position to choose who you want instead of uh, having the board having to make moves for that. So, yeah, and then uh, and one of the recent Mel Kuyper like 2020 big boards, can you guess who was the number one player on it? Jerry Judy, yeah, <laughs> nice. So, yeah, he's gonna be very, very good in the NFL. All right, guys, in our last topic, we got a little roster analysis via twitter yeah a little bit of roster analysis and uh just as a, as a reminder we take a brief look at these teams uh and their league mates and we suggest just a couple trades for them to make uh this is this is a teaser is what i would call it for that the folks at cpmc that work with us at creator rank they are going to take a much deeper look and we've talked about it before if you want that for your league a much more in-depth look Reach out to those guys. It's a phenomenal product. But as far as this, we just want to take a look at uh, my guy, TNFF Trindo and his Dynasty League. It is a super flex, I believe, uh, not tight end premium league. So Carson Wentz is the starting quarterback. He's got Todd Gurley and Lamar Miller at running back. His wide receivers are Odell Beckham Jr., Robert Woods, and Cortland Sutton. Eric Ebron's is tight end. In his flex spots, he's got Rashad Penny and DK Metcalf, and his super flex is Sam Darnold. His notable backup quarterback is Drew Locke. Um, he's got Miles Sanders as a, as a key depth piece on the bench, and Mark Andrews is a nice uh, tight end piece he's got as well on his bench. Just a couple of trades, man, we were looking through the league, and it looks like you might be able to flip Todd Gurley is kind of how I'm sitting here. Either I can go one of two ways, and Ben will talk about the other way you can go about this, is flip Gurley to F.F. Uh, F. Rich for Chris Godwin, Marlon Mackin at 2021 first. I think, and Ben's going to hit it up here about, about how risky Gurley is, but if you can get out from Gurley and get Godwin, who's probably a wide receiver two, Marlon Mack, who's probably a high running back two, low running back one potentially, and another first-round pick in a super flex format like this, I think that's a decent enough haul for Todd Gurley to get him back. But, Ben, go ahead and hit the other side of that trade. So another trade that you could potentially do is give up Lamar Miller in a 2023rd to Terrell uh, McLaughlin. Sorry if I uh, boosted that. Uh, For the Gurley handcuff, Terrell Henderson. And, like, we've all said during this podcast, you know, Gurley's injury – issues you know is a concern so in order to get that handcuff for him in case he goes down or in case they start you know dipping his usage and you know Darrell Henderson turns into the you know week 15 to 17 CJ Anderson you got him and uh, Terrell does not have a RB2 to really mention so just Lamar Miller and then paying a little bit more with the 2023rd you know you could be able to grab Darrell Henderson yeah, I think that's just kind of our, our baseline is either own the whole Rams backfield or own none of the Rams backfield at this point. Either sell Gurley and get a bunch, or if you hang on to Gurley and he ends up having this arthritic issues and you don't have Daryl Henderson, you just wasted uh, Todd Gurley. So either own him the whole thing or get rid of it all. Very solid advice, guys. All right, and that's pretty much it for the show. You guys have any final thoughts? Uh, just for final thoughts, I just want to give a shout out to uh, the Twitter follower of the week at FF underscore Rish. Uh, he is a writer and contributor, one of the guys, lead guys over at the FF Astronauts. Uh, great guy, great advice. He's very active on Twitter. Uh, give him a follow. And Ben, where can they follow you on Twitter? You can follow me at, at Ben Drez with a Z and a FF on Twitter. Nate? I'm at FF Big Cat on Twitter. And you guys can find me at One King FFB. Don't forget to follow Creator Rank at Creator Rank on Twitter and CreatorRank.com. All right, fellas, can't wait to talk to you guys next week. Looking forward to it, guys. Have a great week.
Looking forward to it, guys. See you.